Welcome to the Maitripa College podcast. Maitripa College is a Buddhist institution of higher education founded by Yangtze Rinpoche in 2005 in Portland, Oregon. We offer two graduate degree programs, a Master of Arts in Buddhist Studies and a Master of Divinity, as well as classical Tibetan language studies. Founded upon the three pillars of scholarship, meditation, and service, the Maitripa College curriculum combines Western academic, contemplative learning, and traditional Tibetan Buddhist disciplines. Through the development of wisdom and compassion, our graduates are empowered with the sense of responsibility to work joyfully for the well-being of others. They become agents of positive change in the world and are shaping the development of Buddhism in the West. As scholar practitioners, chaplains, professional translators, doctoral degree candidates, leaders in the nonprofit world, educators, and more, we invite you to join us to make your practice your life. In this week's episode, during Maitripa College's Sunday morning community program, President Yangtze Rinpoche teaches on the introduction to the Lamrim Chemo, the gradual path to enlightenment. So, I thought every Sunday uh, do a little bit Lamrim uh, kind of traditional way of uh, not going by my own thinking, so trying to ground it into the text. Uh, so Lamrim, I'll try to <coughs> uh, go through, and uh, maybe you think. What is a Lamrim? A Lamrim is a basically graduate path to enlightenment. Okay, that's and Basically, going back to Lama Tsongkhapa, of course, he composed this text, and uh, <coughs> this is a rooted back to Lama Atisha, you know, one of the great Indian masters. His text called Lamp of the Path. Okay, that's the kind of like that he's one of the main inspiration to creating Lamrim, to composing Lamrim. And uh, <coughs> Lamp of the Path, Lama Atisha's Lamp of the Path, he composed it in Tibet. And, uh, <coughs> and the, when Tibetan uh, emperors, when they invited Lama Atisha to Tibet, uh, and uh, during that time, there's some challenge going into the spiritual realm into Tibet, you know, there's a difficulty. So they really want to kind of clean up and uh, trying to get really into the root uh, of the teaching of a Buddha and having also the lineage-wise to having much more profound and strong. So they brought Lama Atisha to Tibet and uh, during that time 
the emperors don't have a specific agenda, like I, we like to have a, this teaching or that kind of spiritual journey. There's a nothing kind of specific demand. And uh, basically, the emperors have ideas. They're basically saying, we need help in spiritual journey. <laughs> and didn't demand, oh, give, give us like high yoga tantric empowerment. Give us this specific kind of shortcut to enlightenment. Or nothing, something like that. Basically, there's a sense of a kind of like a openness, not with a demand. Sense of a openness and kind of asking this kind of like a guide us. And uh, the lamp of the path when Lama Atisha composing, he was very pleased the behavior of the Tibetan emperors when they asked to teaching. There's not like an element of a demand. There's lots of element of openness. Can you teach us? Can you guide us? It's almost like a teaching, requesting for teaching as a, like a taking a refuge. Like, okay, this is what we are looking. It's not so much specific demand. <coughs> so, in that was, uh, I think, the lamp of the path. The, when he composed this text, he also expressed that I'm really helpful. I'm really joyful. You know that kind of request. Uh, so. Due to that kind of openness, uh, Lama Atisha, when he composed the Lamp of the Path, there is like a really kind of like a how to how, how to structure, how to guide. You know, you know that kind of like a really kind of like a structuring and trying to individual practitioners to knowing where they are. These are the kind of like one of the main kind of kind of format that when he compose the lamp of the path. And that kind of becomes kind of the root inspiration for Lama Tsongkhapa, the Lamin Chemo, the graduate path to enlightenment. Okay? <clears throat> and uh, so that's kind of like the general, uh, general kind of like a brief kind of like a background of the Lamrim. And uh, now the... <clears throat> What is the spiritually, spiritually, how is the lineage is established? Then basically, uh, <coughs> lineage have to be rooted into the Buddha Shakyamunis. Okay? And the lineage have a wisdom lineage and the method lineage. This is kind of like the very traditional, I mean like, that's the kind of like, I, I don't know what to say, is it traditional or this is the what? how in the early time, the spiritual journey is so much oriented into the wisdom lineage and method lineage. So individual practitioners, when they meditate or when they're trying to kind of like understand your own spiritual journey, they're really trying to understand through the, through the lineage, which kind of wisdom lineage and the method lineage. It's not like a very kind of open, general, how we, today's world, we deal with the spirituality. <laughs> Uh, today's world, we have this overly kind of like a freestyle and like a spiritual. I'm spiritual and I'm, I don't want lineage. I'm spiritual. <laughs> so, uh, the traditionally, the, it is a very important having lineage and within the lineage, uh, wisdom lineage and the method lineage. That becomes a kind of like a very important. So, the inner, our own spiritual journey require uh, this kind of a lineage, and also when you kind of like a study and explaining 
you know, the spiritual path is very important to also orientating where the lineage are coming from. You know, introducing wisdom lineage, introducing matter lineage. Okay. And sometimes it becomes like a gajin chuju samuta gyu nyamni chilab gyu. You know, sometimes there is like a, a secret language, practice language, wisdom language. It becomes a little bit more uh, kind of complicated. And that is much more into the advanced practitioners when it comes to that level. But commonly, it's basically wisdom language and a method language. And that basically needs to be rooted into the Buddha Shakyamuni. You know, the language needs to come through Buddha Shakyamuni. Uh, basically, Buddha Shakyamuni, and then Cham uh, Jamyang, <coughs> uh, <coughs> uh, you know, basically, uh, through the, you know, Buddha Shakyamuni, one of the, you know, as you know, the main founder of the Buddhism. And uh, Lamrim is uh, considered as a, uh, Lamrim is uh, considered as a Mayana, the Bodhisattva Yana teaching. So then the lineage need to go from the Buddha to Bodhisattva. So in a Bodhisattva, there is a <coughs> in a Mayana to do in, in a Mayana uh, they call like eight Bodhisattva, eight Bodhisattva, who are the one of the main kind of like after after Buddha passing away, these are the eight Bodhisattvas are the one of the main kind of who um, kind of con uh, uh, protected or keep the lineage of the Mayana teaching. Okay, there's a Chanjusamba Nyeve teaching eight Bodhisattva, and then within the eight Bodhisattva, there is a uh, Manjushiri is one of the eight Bodhisattva and Champa the Maitreya, Bodhisattva Maitreya, Maitreya have sometimes Bodhisattva uh, manifestation, sometimes same Maitreya as a enlightened being. So there's a two, but when we're talking from the lineage, so from Buddha Shakyamuni to Bodhisattva Manjushiri, Manjushiri also have a kind of like a uh, Bodhisattva manifestation, uh, Manjushiri, and, and the Manjushiri as an enlightened being. So there's a, <coughs> uh, you know, we can have also like a <laughs> so okay, anyway, just leave it. <laughs> Josh is the enlightened manifestation of a Josh and the Bodhisattva manifestation of a Josh. <laughs> or same way like an enlightened version of a Helen or Bodhisattva version of a Helen. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bother you. <laughs> So, uh, so basically, from Buddha Shakyamuni to Manjushiri, the, all the wisdom lineage. Okay, from Buddha Shakyamuni to Mitreya, all the method lineage. Okay, so that's the how uh, uh, how the <coughs> lineage, yeah. and uh, then you know Buddha Shakyamuni. Very historically, we all kind of like, uh, you know, there's uh, all the, the things. <laughs> then the Manjushiri, 
not necessarily true. I mean, we can have a, when you go to in India, you know, sometimes some different holy sites, you can see the Manjushiri statue and Mitreya statue, but not necessarily having too many kind of like conventional history around that kind of things. Then from the Manjushiri, the lineage comes to the Nagarjuna, Aya Nagarjuna, you know, Nagarjuna. So Nagarjuna is a we have lots of kind of conventional history and so on and so forth. Then from Mitreya, it goes to the Asanga, which is also have a lots of historical, uh, you know, the common historical we can you know kind of understand uh, who who is Asanga and who is Nagarjuna. Okay, so so okay so. So maybe why why is it divided? Why like did Buddha kind of like uh, how this happened? You know, um, I think you know on the surface, in the Nagarjuna have a personality. His teaching and his kind of like approach have a lots of emphasis into the wisdom element of a Buddha's teaching. And Asanga, in his teaching, in his literature, his personality, have a lots of kind of much more method. Uh, you know, so maybe we can say in a con today's world, you know, we, we also practitioners, we have like some practitioners are very intellectual, we want to have a study, and some practitioners, okay, let's just you know, understand, but let's do more practice. <laughs> we have two personality. In the same way, you might be in a, uh, basically have a lots, lots more into kind of, uh, you know, usually method is doesn't mean kind of ignoring the wisdom, and wisdom doesn't mean they're ignoring the method, but much more emphasis uh, where it's coming from. So, so that's kind of like the how the inner. Con in a surface level, when you talk a lineage, you know there's a kind of like a teaching flavor, the approach, the the lineage holder's personality. You know, we can look at from that point of view. So now, is this is, and uh, when you go much more deeper in a spiritual level, for for <coughs> what the lineage means to us, we as an individual practitioner, what that really means. Uh, so lineage is not so much, uh, yeah, of course, the lineage, when we as individual practitioners, when we think of lineage, it's not so much about ways, of course, that is a part of that kind of like a way, the continuity of the blessing and the continuity of the, uh, how you say this? <clears throat> uh, you know the advice and the guidelines, and so there's a continuity element is there. But the most important, when you say wisdom lineage and method lineage, with individual person point of view, basically looks into a wisdom lineage is basically representation of of. One aspect of the merit accumulation, okay. This, you know, there's called wisdom merit and the virtue merit. Two merit accumulation. You know, so this is a very important 
into the part of the uh, way individual person brings the strength. You know, usually we say, I want to do this, I want to do that, then we say, where's the budget? <laughs> where's, the, where's the resource? You know, we usually say, if you have too many different ideas, it's not to just to fall into the idea, to have us to become a little bit more, make it realistic, where's the resource? Okay. So, merit is a, some kind of like a resource to able to actualizing our spiritual vision or our spiritual hopes. Okay, so that's basically the, what really means the merit. What is the resource? And uh, the resource over here comes through the lineage. And the lineage, wisdom lineage, is uh, one of the resources which creates the merit, wisdom merit. Okay, wisdom merit. And the um, method lineage is which really one of the resources it creates for the, our own spiritual journey, the virtue merit, you know, some kind of like a two merit accumulation is uh, one of the kind of like the commonly, uh, uh, <coughs> without the foundation of the merit. Uh, so, so basically lineage as an understanding is not just something that you're carrying on, but it is actually, it is a multifying is there's a something kind of multiple, multiple, multi, multiplication, multiplication, you know, w wisdom merit, and a virtue merit. Okay, so basically that's the kind of like the <coughs> uh, in the Lamrim basically at the beginning, uh, the the lineage, you know, lineage is not so much person to person that only, but the, there is a something alive and constantly multiplying, accumulating, processing. There's something happens within the individual person. It's not something that we just pass through. Okay, so lineage as it. So this is a very uh, one of the important part of the <coughs> in the Lamrim uh, practitioners or Lamrim teaching. You know, lineage introductions becomes uh, really important. Okay. Uh, <coughs> uh, then Lamrim has uh, divided into uh, three categories, you know, smaller scope, uh, medium scope, and the great scope. Uh, <coughs> uh, and basically, uh, uh <coughs> in a bit, one way to look at Lamrim, I think, in our own spiritual journey. Sometimes we are easy to give up. Ah, it's very difficult <laughs> giving up. Uh, that kind of like uh, uh, habit, okay, easy to give up. You know, so that's, I think Lamrim is uh, to kind of 
one of the it's kind of like a graduate path to enlightenment so it's showing kind of like okay you make this far then you can make next one then you can make next one so it have a, this kind of like a overcoming this kind of like a mentality is it oh, enlightenment yeah, is a really good idea but no it's not possible it's like uh, like giving up, I tried, it's, it's, it's not possible, <laughs> like, give up mentality. So, uh, so one thing is that, and another way to look at the Lamrim is trying to creating, you know, mindset. Uh, <clears throat> uh, in a spiritual journey, if you take a journey with a fear of how many different things are going to go wrong, <laughs> you know, like, oh, uh, you know, like, you, you are journeying into the spiritual, but the mindset of the fear, oh, there's a possibility of so many. Yeah, there might go something go wrong, that's true, but the mindset, not don't, the Lamrim is suggesting, don't put the mindset into that one. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So Lamy is saying, yeah, you can do small scope, you can do medium scope, you can do great scope. <laughs> so basically creating to mindset that can help us to focus and putting the right mindset. You know, usually our habit is a wrong mindset. <laughs> Maybe they, they can be like a small scope, how many can different things can go wrong. And a medium scope, there's a, how many different things can go wrong. So the Lamrim is just basically trying to show, trying to creating the mindset, the right mindset. Okay. So, <clears throat> so, uh, so basically, uh, in, I, I think it doesn't mean we cannot question, ignoring the doubt. Yeah, we, we need to pay attention to all the questions, the fear, and so on and so forth. But the, when you're setting your meditation, and when you're kind of taking the spiritual journey, the mindset not coming through the doubt and the question, mindset's coming through. Yes, in a small scope, I'll, I'll go through the practice of, uh, you know, essentially into the karmic cause and effect, okay? <clears throat> so I, I'll, you know, just basically what I'm trying to communicate is a, a lamrim in a graduate path to enlightenment is not so much like a, it's, it's not just like a, a GPS to enlightenment. <laughs> It's just like, okay, I'll go this, then take this, and talk this. No. It's telling, it is basically not aggressive driver. <laughs> you can have really uh, the latest GPS, then you can become very aggressive driver. <laughs> can be ruin everything. <laughs> and also like yelling for the GPS. <laughs> <laughs> and to talking with the GPS. And also complaining the sound, the whoever is giving you the information. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so 
So, so basically, <coughs> Lamrim. Uh, so, so now, now this, like for example, a small scope and a medium scope and a great scope. And so basically, it's saying that we as an individual person at the beginning, you know, principally keep keep a mindset about something your vision your take your vision beyond this life. Far, you know, so as in the conventional world, you say like vision something impossible. It is in a small scope is pretty much at the beginning. Just don't make plan for five year or twenty year. Go beyond that. Okay, this is a little bit like a disorienting maybe at the beginning. What you mean that? <laughs> but vision, you your vision, go beyond this life. Okay. <coughs> Of course, if we set your mindset and spiritual journey in this way, you gain a lot. If you set your mindset, just no, only this, I'm not sure, maybe only this life, but on my spiritual journey I'll take after my retirement, or just limiting everything, limiting. This is what really makes the journey becomes so much crowded with all different doubts and fears and all that things. So in a small scope, basically, one is saying, like, keep a mindset beyond this life. In the medium scope, if telling us, keep a mindset, you're not making any kind of time or space reference, but basically, keep a mindset. You can liberate it yourself. You can be totally freedom. It's not so much some place, next life, this life. It's not giving any kind of this kind of perspective. The mindset is doesn't matter time and space. It doesn't matter. The mindset is like I want to liberate it from this limitation of a samsara or so on and so forth. So in a medium scope, you know, is in is kind of like a pushing much more further mindset. Yeah, there will be. There's a million things can be, not go as a plan, but the mindset from the beginning saying that go ahead. You know, you can be free yourself. Okay. And uh, in the great scope, in a, then mindset is basically. You know, we all can be liberated. It's not just like everybody can be liberated. So mindset, in a small scope, in a medium scope, in a great scope, the mindset in the you know encouraging having this kind of mindset. Okay. Uh, <coughs> so, so basically, you can see. Small scope, medium scope, great scope is a basically some kind of like a way to kind of creating the mindset into the spiritual journey. Okay, and. Uh, uh, then yes, of course, that kind of like a gradually moving beyond. Yeah, maybe in the, at the beginning, maybe you might think in a three-year retreat or twelve-year retreat. If you follow Asanga's approach, uh, for for his approach, you have to do twelve-year retreat. <laughs> you know, Asanga, he, you use you know the Asanga story, uh, but you get every three-year one break. <laughs> In, in Asanga, he did this kind of 12-year retreat, and every three years, he come out with a lots of frustration. <laughs> Maybe some loom, you know, you know like, <laughs> sometimes we say retreat, 
then we have the, the, the word name Lung. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Tibetan word Lung comes together. <laughs> the retreat, the English word, <laughs> the Lung, <laughs> the Tibetan word. So, uh, <clears throat> then, uh, okay, so, uh, so that's kind of like a one way to look at it, small scope, medium scope, great scope as a mindset. Okay, now, okay, that's, Yes, okay, I, I don't, yeah, basically, I made it up. There's no specific text that says a mindset. So that's the way I interpret it, okay? There's I want to be, I want to be, oh, Rinpoche, you say it's a mindset. Where I can find this is a mindset? <laughs> I want to do research where, where I can trace back that statement. <laughs> Since this is not like an academic press, academic conference, so I think it's, that's the way to look at it. Then another one is uh, like, for example, in a, in, a, in a small scope, what really is trying to bring up? You know, sometimes when you look at it, oh, it talks about the refuge, it talks about the, oh, it looks like a, trying to converting into the Buddhist. <laughs> in a small scope, like trying to convert in the Buddhist, and the medium scope, then you give this whole project and uh, Training and the grade school, you you know, kind of share your experience with all the universe. So, so because in a small scope, it talks about the refuge, it talks about the karmic cause and effect. So, what basically what's happening over here is uh, at the beginning we are like so distracted. We have uh, so many different distractions. We have so many. Dis we basically. Which kind of a patient is that you are trying to dealing? You know, looking is that this patient is like uh, so distracted, so distracted. Small, so small scope is basically working with the distraction. You know, basically it's trying to cure our human distraction. You know, one of the main thing looking into the uh, and uh, to overcome distraction and the strengthening our concentration. I mean, of course, today's world, we have lots of mindfulness practice. These all are wonderful. But from the Lamrim point of view, to take uh, this kind of like a mindfulness to much more further, what kind of positive resource we have within our own self? That's kind of like a really important part. You know, of course, the job is really difficult. It's so noisy. I need some break, and I want to go retreat, mindfulness retreat, and just trying to calm down. That's really wonderful. But for the long-term journey, that kind of renunciation from the distraction is not only enough to develop mindfulness further. You have to have a, some kind of faith, some kind of trust, some kind of faith and trust into uh, both way in your own practice and the guidelines which are given by Buddha's, Buddha's you know, in sutras and shastras. So, and, uh, and over here, even like a mindfulness of a, you know, m the mindfulness practice is not just, I mean, like for example, from the small scope, Mindfulness of practice is a drawn 
you know, the resource you are drawn through the some kind of trust into the karmic cause and effect. You know, the your strength of that kind of mindfulness where is coming from? From strong faith into the karmic cause and effect. You know, of course when you say faith, I think <clears throat> there's a very conventional way of understanding concept of faith. And in a you know in a in a Lamrim there's a three different type of a faith and faith understood slightly differently. You know, it's a different layers. Okay. So so basically, so at the beginning, as we are coming as a very distracted, we are all over. In a so small scope over here, what is trying to put together is a basically uh, <coughs> uh, what of the you know basically, I will say two things. One is trying to looking. Let me say what you know. Like, let me look at as a uh, small scope as a some kind of <laughs> some kind of clinic, whose cures distraction. <laughs> and you go to you 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 emit in that clinic. Is it emit, submit or emit, admit. You admit in this clinic name is small scope. <laughs> so you go through what what we're going to prescribe, what will be the prescription will be, okay? I will say the prescription will be two things in small scope. You'll say like, oh okay, okay, I, I totally understand. It's not only specific, unique for yourself. Everybody go through that. Maybe this if there's one good doctor will kind of like a you are only going wrong, rest up fine, won't say that. You know, everybody goes same through. You know, this is, is everybody go through same through, but this basically going to pres pres prescription will be two things. <laughs> I think. This is my interpretation, okay? Prescription will be two things. One prescription will be say, well, this whole things, the fear, the uncertainty, disappointment. Agitation, because yeah, this this one thing is your behavior of a mind, which is behaving. There's something you are you're believing something permanent. Something is forever, and the diagnosis will be like this is the diagnosis. You 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 diagnose your everything your mental behavior have uh, so many things everything's a permanent forever and this diagnosis and then the prescription will be oh you have to think a little bit your mindset you need to think things are impermanent impermanent okay impermanent so this will be um, from the wisdom view the impermanent will be one of the prescription in a, in a small scope so it says like, okay, from tomorrow on, uh, morning one time meditation into the impermanent, noon after lunch or before lunch, one meditation in the impermanent, and before you go sleep, meditation, uh, meditation in, impermanent. Uh, so you need to do this prescription for three weeks or for one month. <laughs> How about that? So, so that's kind of like a one kind of like a, the Another part is... Uh, uh, in, in, a, in, a, 
in a small scope, it says uh, you know our, the, the traditional terminology basically all the and the the bright future is uh, rooted into uh, your own trust and your own behavior related with your own action, karmic cause and effect. So over here, uh, one will be some kind of, not just being mindful of what's happening of a body, speech, and mind, but that kind of mindfulness practice and engagement arising from every action, mental action, physical action, verbal action, you, kind of a sense of a responsibility, karmic responsibility. You feel karmic responsibility. You know, so, so, so that kind of Awareness, also not, not only responsibility, also that kind of awareness of uh, any action, my action of a body, speech, and mind, establish karmic imprint within the my mind mindset. So that kind of awareness and uh, becoming one of the main resource for my, my mindfulness awareness, my mindfulness awareness. So, the second prescription will be that kind of like a, uh, almost like a telling for our own self, my own action. It's not just to kind of like a, like sometime, you know, just throwing out there. <laughs> when you're trying to throw out there, you also leave lots of things inside, also new things leave you in, into your own karmic imprint. You know, so therefore, like mindfulness, uh, the practice of a mindfulness arising from awareness of your action. You know, awareness that's, awareness not just kind of general awareness, conventional awareness, awareness of my action, any kind of action creates imprints karmic responsibility imprints within the my own self. So, so that kind of like a mindfulness is not just coming from renouncing from the distraction, but is coming from the awareness and the sense of responsibility. And that, that responsibility coming from, taking a responsibility coming from the trust and faith into the, that kind of like a karmic cause and effect. Okay? So, so, uh, in a small scope, is lots of that kind of like a meditation of impermanent practice of a mindfulness, which is a basically strengthening your faith into the karmic cause and effect, and vice versa. Okay, so that's kind of like the one what what is trying to accomplish into a, what kind of like immediate training in a spiritual journey. What will be the what will the step number one will be your attention, your awareness is not so much material, 
your awareness is much more observation of your action, your karma. And your one discipline, self-discipline, is, is your emotion, negative habit, have a perception of everything is a permanent nature. And creating self-discipline of trying to see all your action and things have a uh, trying to apply and see through the lens of uh, impermanent, that kind of self-discipline, wisdom self-discipline trying to create. Okay, <clears throat> so that's kind of like the one, the key thing in the small scope. And uh, <clears throat> in the medium scope, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the mindset is uh, basically not really underestimating your potential, okay? Usually, you know, mindset will become kind of all the time, you know, kind of like a discrediting our own self. So in the medium scope, saying, no, we can liberate it, we can free, okay? So basically, in the medium scope, one of the main message is uh, Taking a refuge into the Dharma jewel is a really starts the actual Dharma jewel taking a refuge really starts when you start to practice into the medium scope. You know, basically what's happening over here is uh, there's a million things telling we cannot make it. Okay. Now in the medium scope, you know, really trying to see the Buddha nature. You know, in a small scope, we might hear the Buddha nature, but in a medium scope, you're really trying to focus in, trying to see your own Buddha nature. Potential. So, uh, in a medium scope, you know, basically, uh, trying to see, almost like at the beginning, you know, really trying to learning, you know, trying to understand Buddha nature through Four Noble Truth. Buddha nature as a not just kind of like, a, yeah, it's a good news, it looks like we all like, we all like when it's a Buddha nature, yes, we all like it. But in the medium scope, you know, this concept of a Buddha nature trying to understand through Four Noble Truth, it have a much more practical application rather than something inspiration only, okay? So, in a medium scope, basically, <coughs> uh, No, basically, no, usually we say like, we can liberate it, then usually our conventional mind, how long it takes, you know, you know, like we have time, time frame in, comes into our mind, you know, like, so over here, um, uh, you know, if, if we ask this question, in, although in the Lamrim never discuss 
in a small scope, you should go like six months and medium scope. There's no time time frame. It's never set up all that kind of things. So the question comes in a medium scope, like how long should I be there, even a small scope, even a great scope? Uh, it can be two weeks, it can be <laughs> two years. <laughs> it can be. So, so it is, it is a something like that. It can be two weeks, it can be two months, it can be two years. It can be two eons. <laughs> you know, sometimes in the Buddhism we talk like a million eons. So, so basically, uh, there's a not necessarily specifically time frame. You know, like this long it may take, and you know something like that. But so basically, I think it can happen that kind of realization within the you know several weeks. You know, it may take also long time. So such a question comes. Such, such a kind of like a perspective, I think not necessary to give a too, ma too much emphasis. Uh, so, <clears throat> so now basically in a medium scope, looking into the Buddha nature, that, that I can become free, uh, free from the cyclic existence, samsara, and that kind of awareness developed based on a teaching in the Four Noble Truth. Okay. So that's kind of like the main thing, you know, like, and through this, what he's trying to accomplish is the, taking a refuge into the Dharma Jewel, which is the actual refuge. You know, it's the actual refuge is basically, you know, basically the patient that really developed confidence into the medicine, the patient he or she not yet totally uh, cured yet. But you know, we have some patients, you know, like say absolutely it's really improved. It's really improves. It really changed. You know, I see now, I can see my final, I can overcoming, I can see the, the, the final end. So in a medium scope is a basically something that uh, <clears throat> uh, individual person able to finding, having this kind of trust faith into your own practice. In a small scope, there's a lot of kind of support you're looking from the external and so on and so forth. In a medium scope, really developing your own strength, your own trust, your own trust into your own practice. So that's the kind of like the base on that, that trust is a faith into the Dharma Jewel, the actual refuge. That is the what really shines light into the, our own Buddha nature. Otherwise, Buddha nature becomes kind of like a good news only, but uh, not able to actual, uh, actually able to witness. Okay? So in the medium scope, I'll say that. And the great scope, you're trying to see the Buddha nature of all sentient beings. Again, you know, so basically that's... Uh, so to practice into the great scope really requires practice into the medium scope. To practice in the medium scope, all the conducive condition which you prepare into the small scope. Thank you for listening to the Maitripa College podcast. If you would like to learn more about Maitripa College, please visit our website at maitripa.org. M-A-I-T-R-I-P-A dot O-R-G. This podcast was produced by Alfredo Pinheiro, Kate McDonald, Andrew Hughes, 
and me, your host, Tiffany Blumenthal.